Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the sleepiest 30 minutes of podcast content the planet has ever seen. Podcast? Um, and the planet's been around a while, guys. Podcasts have not. But I think even after a millennium or two, I could still have the most boring podcast out there. I think deep, deep, deep into the pockets of history as we get into there, uh, it will still be the most boring. Not that there is... We're worried about history in the future because it's all about the present and now and consciousness. Um, only difference with the podcast, I'm smart enough to keep it to 30 minutes. I'm smart enough. I, I'm not smart enough to make it necessarily great. I'm smart enough, <coughs> excuse me, to keep it to 30 minutes. That's where I get Vietnamese on you. You know, uh, I'm not going to fight in the open fields against the strongest military in the world. I'm going to dig tunnels, ambush, booby traps, guerrilla warfare. 30-minute podcast. Why am I trying to compete with the big dogs by doing an hour, right? <clears throat> also, an hour is just too long in this style. Solo, no guest, 30 minutes too long. Uh, if I really want to strategize, I should cut it to about two minutes and then just uh, not do one at all. I think that's where I'd be hitting some. My God, can you imagine the time uh, I'd save people by not having a podcast at all? Um, guys, this is episode 66. We're 66 episodes, 33 hours of the Keen on Things podcast, your host, Patrick Keen, uh, at Keen of Comedy on all social uh, media platforms. Um, Route 66, guys. The, nick the nickname for Jim Holleran on my high school football team who wore number 66 and played guard. Um, what is that route? Chicago to L.A.? Basically, the, the route they took in the movie Vacation, Chevy Chase. One of uh, John Hughes's first, I believe. I don't know if he directed that, but he definitely wrote it, I think. Uh, I think Santa Monica Boulevard is part of, is the end of Route 66. It's called The Two. Um, I don't know. I think it's a completely different route than what it used to be anyway. Uh, I do know that after World War II, Ike, Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, who followed Truman, he wanted to connect America via the highways. Um, and we might have done so. We might have over, overdone it because now there's no trains and everything's about the car. And now we're doing self-operating cars instead of making public transportation better. Okay, something to think about. Uh, after World War II, Ike wanted to connect America. So every so just highways galore, right? The highway system exploded. Uh, highways are really used in the Twilight Zone episodes. That show was around from 58, 58 or 50, 1958, 1959 to about 1964, uh, 1965. And there's tons of uh, highway trips people traveling it's crazy many directed by richard donner by the way rest in peace the great director of die hard and several other things um so yeah he wanted and i think every highway in america at some point over a course of five miles there has to be like what is it a mile of straight road for landing airplanes i think that was kind of uh, world war ii type thinking like we need to have uh, a mile if it's a five mile, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Something like that. Something where it's spaced out and there has to be a straight uh, for a landing, for a plane to land. I think it's a mile of straight at some point. <laughs> Something like that. Fantastic. Um, I want to take the train. I want to do that trip, LA to Chicago. Every other country, you know, Canada, Europe, all these places, Asia, you know, Japan. Um, Rail is so fun. My buddy Chris took Trans-Siberian, you know, 
China, Russia, all that stuff, east to west, crazy. Uh, Darjeeling Limited, stuff like that. I want to take the train. It's just, it's a fun way to travel and get around Europe, from what I understand. I've done England, Scotland, Ireland, um, but uh, I haven't been to mainland Europe. That's going to change probably within a year, because my buddy's in Italy, who just took the cheese. They took the title against England. I think it was was one-to-one, and it went to penalty kicks. Maybe it was two-to-two, and it went to penalty kicks. And no, it was one to one, and they went to penalty kicks. And then I think in, in the penalty kicks, they won three to two or something like that. It'll, I mean, these games are so crazy. And it's weird how in soccer, in a three two game or a two one game, it's still like, yeah, but they were in control the whole way. It's like, what? But it was only one goal game. And it's not always about the scoreboard. Um, okay, from last week, we talked about uh, what did we talk about? We talked about the San Juan Capistrano. Mission Zorro means fox in Spanish. And that that came out in 1919, that whole kind of concept. I don't know if it was films or, or, or magazines, but that was... And that, I think he's a Mexican hero. I thought it was from the 18-teens. I thought it was 100 years prior to when Spain was trying to... Um, or Mexico was trying to secede from Spain. I thought that's what Zorro, what his origins were. But it really started in 1919... Uh, and I think he's a Mexican hero against any tyranny, not specifically Spanish or American, but all kinds, even uh, Mexican. So anyway, um, yeah, that was touching on last week. How are we doing here? Okay, um, five minutes in, still talking about last week. I, I want to take the train. I want to do it. Santa Barbara, we used to do that, and you could take it all the way up to Portland, Seattle, Vancouver. Um, from here, you can take it to uh, Flagstaff. It's an all-nighter can't take it to phoenix it's just crazy to me that they had one in the movie um with kurt russell and val kilmer oh tombstone there's no way i don't think a train would go there now and it was it was coming out of there just north of mexico guy just south uh, east of tucson there just northwest of uh, bigsby okay uh fourth of july wow Crazy last week, 4th of July. Trucks, pickup trucks, American flags, mostly used by people that would never go and fight and sacrifice anything, okay? Um, But, you know, they do the ab work, and it gives them a right to uh, probably have uh, some kind of construction company or something where you can tear into the land, consequence-free, and just, you know, fly that flag on your Toyota Tacoma uh, that you don't want to get too dirty. Um, I used to have a joke about how people are worried about China taking us over and it involved 4th of July and fireworks. And I'd say that, um, China's already here. Things are already in motion. There's not one type of food you can't get, right? We're worried about Mexico. We're worried about China, China. Um, and I said, they're already here. Everyone's already here, right? Um, worried about Americans, America's birthday, our greatest day, supposedly July 4th, 4th of July. America is a cancer. That's our astro astrological sign um we're cancer fourth of july best best day of our year right our birthday we do fireworks right now in california you can buy kind of half-ass fireworks at these old stands that used to be able to buy all things at now you can't we have to go to mexico the freest country in the world has to go to mexico to buy fireworks to celebrate its independence right we have to go down below the border to get the real stuff, even though we're the freest country in the world. 
we have to go to Mexico um, to celebrate our independence and how great we are. We have to go to Mexico and to buy fireworks from China. They're from China, brought through Mexico. We have to buy fireworks from China so we can celebrate independence from England while we drink Budweiser, now owned by Belgium. Yankee Doodle Dandy, right? We're all in this together, all right? So cool, cool it with the nationalism. Take it, take it down a notch. You know, we're all so impressed. Um, some of these crazy holidays, man. Um, I want to talk about how some, how crazy some of these holidays are and where they come from. You look at Independence Day, celebrated now by 300 mil, right? It's 300 million people. How many people even fought in the Revolutionary War, in the Rev War? When I say Rev, I mean Revlon War. Revolutionary War, the 4th of July, celebrates the Revolutionary War between the 13 colonies and England. I don't say Great Britain because that would mean the Irish and, and Scottish. And I don't think they were preoccupied with any battle versus the 13 colonies. I don't think that was happening back there. The colonies had about 2.5 million people with about half a million Native Americans. Uh, I don't know if those Native Americans are in the colonies. I, I don't know if they're slaves uh, or, just pl- or just displaced there's a ton more, of course, outside the 13 colonies. So I don't know. I have questions about those numbers. Let's take a look first at the 2.5 million number. In 1750, right? For, first of all, 2.5 million is, is about what Orange County. Orange County is about three. Orange County, California is about three million people. So that's, if you can picture that, that's how many people in the colonies fighting the English. Kind of gnarly. Um, the people here definitely thought they fought in that war with the pickup trucks and American flags they're parading around. Okay, in 1750, there are 1 million in the 13 colonies, 1750. We're about 140 years in at that point from Jamestown, 1 million. Uh, By 1776, 26 years later, there's 2.5 million. White people were coming fast from Europe, man, fast, more than twice the amount in 25 years. Okay, 3 million people in Orange County, California, which is kind of fighting a revolution of its own today, for sure. So it was basically OC fighting England. Isn't that crazy? Orange County was fighting England and won. A combination of rich landowners and ragtags and some black and native populations with the help of the Spanish. The Spanish helped us out there, of course, right? You got two kind of, one kind of rival and one future rival. Let them go at it and let's help the little guy. Um, So all this 4th of July stuff stems from those 2.5 million Really crazy. About 40 years later, Mexico, after our Revolutionary War, Mexico would get their independence from Spain. Um, And I try to keep the focus on those. I try to keep the focus on the origin of the idea and the patriots and stuff like that, and not the spoiled, drunk white people bar hopping and going on boats and having an excuse to act terribly, you know, stuff like that. So um, anyway, okay, last of the Mohicans... Last of the Mohicans is about the French-Indian Wars of the 1750s, which was kind of a about a nine-year, nine, ten-year war. It was 1754 to 1763, which is mind-boggling. All this ends with the Treaty of Paris, just a perfect city for peace treaties. If you're into peace treaties, you got to do it in Paris, Paris, the Gay Paris, right? 1763. Are you kidding me? The Revolutionary War starts in 1776. Thirteen years later. We were in another major war 13 years later. Holy fook. Then war with Mexico, then war with ourselves, then war with Spain into World War I, 20th century, stuff like that. 
uh, it's just crazy to me. I mean, I, I, I follow it, and you should too. It's not far off. <coughs> Jesus. Uh, Jamestown is 1610. First settlements are in Virginia. By 1776, 100, what is that, 65, 66 years later, we're at war with our mother country. It only took us that long. Kind of impressive. You, want, you wanted that independence. You know, we'll, we'll get situated, you know, get comfortable with the native situation. And then it's like, okay, we're going to branch out on our own. Um, pretty cool. Didn't want a king, didn't want a queen. Um, Want to do our own thing, have a republic. 160 years later. And, you know, and we're, and we're fighting with other white people, right? It's the uh, English versus the French uh, and natives on kind of all sides. Um, maybe the French align more. Maybe natives align more with the French because the English were just uh, killing more natives. I don't know. Not that the, I'm sure the French were too. I, I don't know. Uh, I've got to read the book. I've seen the movie. Daniel Day-Lewis, phenomenal. You know, West Studi, just amazing. Uh, it took us, when we got here in 1610, whites, I mean, not me, but the whites, 1610, it took us about 50, 60 years before a major documented battle with the native culture. It was in Connecticut. Um, so from 1670 to about 1870 is a majority of the native slaughter. Kind of ends officially with the whole uh, wounded knee thing, which happened after Custer, stuff like that. Spanish were doing it well before then, right? They started 1492, Caribbean through Mexico, all that stuff. But damn, that 1610 to 1754 is so crucial, right? That 140 years. 140 years later, France and England are going at it on native soil. Uh, the war ends with major English victories in 1763, and a lot of the American settlers don't like the peace treaty, and seeds are planted right there for the Revolutionary War 12 years later. 12 years later, man. This country, we love war, man. War against tyranny and royalty, that stuff, against the most powerful country in the world. Pretty impressive. Even with a little help from Spain. I get by with a little help from my friends. Ringo Starr singing. It was about Spain. Help. It was about America. Uh, getting help from Spain to fight England. Not even close. Blatant lie. Spain's pulling their own shenanigans, but helping out uh, the U.S. only because the common enemy, right? Will I get a chance to kill English? Meanwhile, 120 years later, after that, the U.S. and Spain go at it with the help of William Randolph Hearst. Who knows? You know, who knows? What a show. What a show it all is. William Randolph Hearst, yellow journalism. You give me the, uh, what does he say in that movie? Citizen Kane. I'll give you the war. <clears throat> you give me the story. or you. So it's all a land grab, right? The powers that be, France, England, Spain, cruising the earth and taking what they can all in the name of God, right? Christianity, Catholicism, all these things. It's crazy to think that George Washington wasn't born in the United States. The first 10 or so presidents uh, weren't born in what, was, what would become the United States, right? They were born in the 13 colonies, probably mostly Virginia, Massachusetts. Then the latter 1800s, it was a ton from Ohio. And it's been a while from William McKinley, I think, might have been the last. So in the 1800s, that, that second half of the 1800s, or that second two-thirds, a ton of presidents from Ohio. George Washington was so great. Uh, I try to keep him at the focal point of Independence Day, 4th of July. I try to keep that to the core. Christmas a few years ago, uh, my nieces made a little cake for Jesus, a little happy birthday cake for Jesus, right? 
trying to keep Jesus and Christmas, all that stuff, keeping it important. Not just about gifts. I thought it was pretty cute. Uh, George Washington's so great. I try to keep him at the focal point. Yeah. They wanted to make him king after the war. He's like, that's what we just fought against, you people. You people have no idea how to run a country. All you did was weaken a nation today, McCaffrey. You know, George Washington's like, what are you doing? They wanted him to have a third term. He said, two is enough to fill our lives with love. That became law. That didn't become law. That became tradition. Until FDR did four, then it became law. Had Trump gotten elected a second time, I'm sure he would have challenged the ruling for a possibility of three team, third, three terms, which would have been some WrestleMania shit, right? Like it wasn't already. My God, the chaos with that guy. It's so much calmer now. Thank goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah, I said it. Okay, um... So, yeah, love George Washington, all the founding fathers, right? Kept Christianity at bay, which is good. Um, I think any leader who keeps these big institutions at bay is successful, however they do it. George W. Bush really brought it back. He really needed it to get elected, and he used it. Bush Sr., thousand times the intellectual GW was. Okay, GW played the evangelical thing, even though he could care less about it, and did drugs and coke and booze and womanized and all that stuff uh and he played that angle got him in there twice okay and i gotta think what's it like to get reelected? do you have to leave the white house for a day or do you just stay through you gotta just stay it's not like a three-month visa when you're visiting a country is up and you travel for one night to another country and then go back no you stay you start over again um so great start with the old independence day uh probably the first five or six prezies Thomas Jefferson, Louisiana Purchase, huge. My God, New Orleans to Montana, are you kidding? Idaho, these towns in Kansas that still have French names. Havre, Montana, probably pronounced differently. Havre, Havre. Um, North, I mean, that's way up there by the border. Okay, that was part of the, who, who, was, oh, who was there in 1800? Lewis and Clark. Uh, Native Americans are like, how many are there of you people? And where are you getting this technology? right? The clothing, the gunpowder, uh, the ability to fight off these diseases. Um, there's so many of you. As they say in Dances with Wolves, the Native American chief asks Kevin Costner, how many are coming? And Kevin Costner just shakes his head and he's like, it's like the stars. It's like the stars, man. It's over. It's over. And I kind of feel that way with China and our economic situation and all that stuff so um i have written here apocalypto is an amazing movie yeah that is an amazing movie i guess that ties in with the whole thing mel gibson just unreal say what you will about the guy he doesn't do bad films sorry he doesn't do bad films um i'll tell you a war that gets overlooked 1812 with the english again this is a great study here the war of 1812 okay so 1783 93, oh, 30, 29 years later, three decades, with the English again. And as my history professor said in college, he said the war, uh, the Revolutionary War was kind of a standstill draw. And the, the War of 1812 is really what put America, the United States on the map. That was really like, oh my God, these guys are not to be toyed with. 
English coming back after 29 years. I, I wonder how that started. Um, we go at it with Canada a little bit in that war. They set the White House on fire. Canada's chill unless something happens to England, right? I feel like they're in sleeper mode, but if England says to attack, they're like, let's do it. Little, little weird, little dark, but they're pretty calm, so I'm going to let it fly. Uh, James Madison, fourth president, two-termer, got us through that, and that really separated us from the English, guys. The 1783 uh, Rev War, Revlon, the, how about this? The 1783 Revolutionary War finish, Rocky won. War of 1812, Rocky II. Knockout punch. England's like, we're out of here for good. We'll see you later. We'll see you. We'll see you in a little more than 100 years. We'll be allies. We'll see you in about 105. We'll be allies. Um, they're legit. They're bona fide. We're out of 5,000. 30 years. That's a long time for a sequel. Dolly Madison, James Madison's wife. You know, the snacks, of course. Great first lady. She salvaged the flag while the White House was burning. She salvaged the work of Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross, of course, did the design way back. Dolly saves the flag. God, what a great name. You named Dolly? Dolly Madison. Dolly Parton. I mean, you, you got to go big. You're really putting the pressure on a daughter if you name her Dolly. Or maybe you're inspiring her. I don't know. But that's it. I mean, those are two. You're two for two there. Like, upper echelon of great, great, great Americans. Like our finest Americans. Eleanor Roosevelt, one of the finest people. Americans, you know, these first ladies. Um, who would have been president probably in some capacity if they were alive today. You know? Eleanor Roosevelt certainly should have been. Um, James Madison, who I think wrote the Articles of Confederation, saves the country with his wife. I think he was short, I think. I, no fact check. If only there were a way to fact check some of this. I think the Articles of Confederation were what stood from the Rev War until the Constitution. Until we had President Washington. That sounds so cool, doesn't it? President Washington. That just, oh man, the taste. That, that's just deep respect. That's like uh, Prime Minister Winston Churchill. I mean, there's just, that sounds good. From the end of the Revlon War to 1788, when GW would be sworn in, we operated under Articles of Confederation written by Madison. Okay, he's a two-termer, as were four of the first six prezies. The only two one-termers, the only one-termers were two of them, same family. John Adams, great man. John Quincy Adams, great man. Amistad, the movie, has Anthony Hopkins, the great, playing John Quincy Adams. And uh, we get to our first lunatic in office, Andrew Jackson, great general during the War of 1812, and then just went on a, a jungle slaughter of native culture in the southeast during his time in office and we put him in twice at that point it's pretty apparent that native culture can't defend what has come from europe but it's nice of people like andrew jackson to really pour it on put their foot on the gas and accelerate everything some would say it was going to happen anyway just get it over with what a beautiful justification that is that's pretty christ-like there are ways to do it and ways to not and that many lives needn't have been lost I'll go on record. After Jackson, there wasn't a two-term president for like seven, eight presidents. It was like just one-termers forever. Some people died in office. And then finally, Lincoln, 1860, uh, gets elected twice. Crazy. All the way. It's crazy, man. Um, so Independence Day, what is it? I try to focus on it being an underdog country, fighting for freedom and independy under great guidance and leadership. Small group of rabble. Return of the Jedi type stuff. Nowadays, though, nobody's happier about 4th of July than England. 
It's like, you can have it, man. Yeah, we do not want that. The great line by Ringo Starr. When at, Ringo Starr gets cited twice. It was his birthday this week, 83, I think. He, he gets two call-outs in this podcast. God, one every 15 minutes. The great line by Ringo Starr. When asked by Arsenio Hall, what was the offer for the Beatles to get back together? He said, they offered us America. And we said, nah, you can have it. Very funny. Always, always the wittiest, I think. The funniest. Wittiest is probably John, but the funniest uh, to me was Ringo. Most playful. Going to say something here that's a fact. May hurt your feelings. Ready? Fourth of July, Americans, in all your celebraciones. Americans treat each other worse on July 4th than any other day throughout the year. Grocery stores, parking lots, beaches, lakes, barbecues, bars, the heat, the crowds. I blame the sharks. We never had this problem before when it was just the Jets. Huh? Little joke. Little joke. Um, West Side Story. So, um, yeah, it's, apos- it's the absolute ho- uh, opposite of the holidays. Holiday season, Christmas, New Year's, you know, Hanukkah. Even in the hustle and bustle of Christmas shopping, I feel like there's humanity. Maybe some of it is the weather. It's cooler. But July 4th is the one day of the year. I actually get a little nervous for this country and just the kids you know going out drinking beaches fights and just stuff they're getting riled up for stuff they don't need to or they don't know why so much recklessness right July 4th I mean Chief Brody I feel like Chief Brody and I don't even do anything I usually stay lay low lay low lay low so much recklessness July 4th Um, it's turning into independence from human responsibility. That's what it's turning into. Everybody trying to cram a ton of stuff in in a short period of time. It's America. We blow out every holiday. St. Paddy's and frickin' Cinco de Mayo aren't even our holidays, and we have blowouts. It's unbelievable. We're taking other people's biggest parties and making them our own. St. Paddy's isn't like this in Ireland. Fourth of July is now on steroids. Cinco de Mayo, I don't know what it's like in Mexico. Um... Yeah, 4th of July is on steroids. Christmas wasn't this big before Coca-Cola made Santa Claus red. And that book came out by, oh, uh, it was a book by uh, Dickens, Charles Dickens, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Our holidays are on cocaine. It's unreal. It's our party and we'll cry if we want to and treat each other terribly. Uh, makes me think like, man, should we have required service for the country? Military, AmeriCorps, Peace Corps, like we did years ago. 40s, 50s, 60s, stuff like that before. Not special forces. Obviously, they have their own thing. I'm talking about general service, something that links everyone 18 months from the age of 20 on or right after high school, whatever. But uh, I don't know. I'd love to see something like that. I'd even serve now in a modified... I mean, what am I going to do, right? But uh, I just think, you know, my dad was in the service a little bit and all his buddies... And, you know, they didn't continue. They didn't have a career in the service, but it just taught them so much. And it made them appreciate America. And if we had that, you know, we send people to our ghettos here in America or with the Peace Corps overseas, you send them to poor regions just to get grounded, man. Get everybody on the same side. Perspective, right? And then you have rich families that could buy out and be like, hey, can I just give you a million dollars so my kid doesn't have to do it? And the government will be like, yeah, we'll take that. We'll give it to the homeless. We'll give it to the poor, the needy the downtrodden, we'll get them healthy and working and producing. 
All right. Um, I have my 30th reunion this week. I'm bogged down for a week. It's I've been like the last week. I've been working from home and uh, working on this stuff, and then this weekend even. So I'm never not. Uh, every hour accounted for, and uh, I got a comedy show that I was wi- I wisely scheduled this week up in L.A. That's smart. Looking forward to it, though. My friend Monica has done an amazing job of staying on top of the reunion stuff, scheduling all of it. Her and our friend Kelly, my coworker Annie, just amazing. We have a good amount coming. It's tough to get people. Post-pandemic, middle of summer, Facebook and Instagram take care of so much. Makes it easy to stay in touch with each other, They get our and people get their fix through that. Um, we saw each other five years ago. We saw each other 10 years ago. So it's not that big a leap. Some people just don't need it. A lot of people came to the 20. It's going to be a lot smaller. I love it. I love seeing the people. When reunions end, there's never enough time. So another doesn't hurt for me. I'm always like, I didn't get enough time with that person, that person, that person. Uh, I'll talk about the reunion next week. So uh, 30th. Can you believe it? I can't. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see. You know, the good news is if it's, you see somebody you don't really jive with, you just it's going to be 30 seconds a minute. There's going to be other people around. It's not like you're going to see your nemesis. They're going to be like, can we can we go for a walk? Can I talk to you for? Can I grab you for about a half an hour? And just bore, like you can get in and out of situations. And as an adult, that's your that's your job. That's half of what being an adult is. Like maturing is is taking care of yourself and knowing how to get out of an MF in situation. And just being like, okay, man. I'm going to go over here a bit. Yeah, I'm going to talk to so-and-so. I'm going to talk to my friends. Um, God, I think a girl said that to me on a Taco Tuesday. She came up when I was in college. Were we at Bennigan's in Laguna Hills over by the mall? It was a Taco Tuesday, and some girl came up and asked if I wanted to dance. And I think I must have bored so many girls, high school, college, and beyond. And after a while, and I think I bought her a drink, and then she's like, I'm going to go talk to my friends. And I was like, oh, okay. I just didn't know how anything worked. Um, still don't. So... That's why there's reunions. Um, okay, guys, thanks for listening to the Keen on Things podcast. Some absurdities for sure, but I'm not that far off on a lot of this stuff. And hopefully it triggers something for you, something good uh, that gets us all on a human level, right? Human beings first and all that other stuff later. Subscribe so you know right away when these epis come out and you don't miss one, God forbid. Uh, and take a step toward happiness. Also, follow me at Keen of Comedy on Instagram and Twitter and all that. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week.